I meant to pray for our schools and students and teachers, parents, and administrators. Let me do that right now. Let's bow and just lift up our schools. Father, we do pause right here, right now, just to remember all of our school systems, Lord, as they start school tomorrow and then next week. Father, we pray for all of our students and their parents. We pray for all of our teachers and administrators. Father, we just lift them up and we pray, God, that you'd give them a great and safe year this year. Lord, we've come through a very challenging year last year, and it's kind of starting that way again this year. But Lord, I, we just commit this year to you and all, all of them to you, Father. We pray that you would protect them, that you would guard them most of all from evil. But Lord, that you would also guard them from sickness and disease. That you would guard them, uh, Lord, from any kind of tragedies. Lord, I pray that you would just uh, be with all the school buses and all the parents bringing their kids to school and picking them up. Lord, just watch over them. Lord, all of our teachers, give them the grace and the strength that they will need, Father, to invest in our kids and teaching them the things that they will need, Lord, in the future. And Lord, I pray that you would be with our administrators as they make decisions. Lord, help them to make wise decisions and to seek your guidance and your will. And Father, just uh, help us as churches and the people of God to encourage and support all of those in our school system. Lord, we pray for all homeschoolers as well. We pray, Father, that you would be with those homeschool moms and dads and the homeschool students, Lord, that uh, you would work uh, mightily in them and through them as they prepare, Lord, and as they educate their children. Father, again, we just thank you for this time together in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this message this morning is the first in a new series that is a continuation of the last message from the last series last Sunday. And the focus of this series will be on the words of Christ. And I'm, I'm going to forego reading again John 21 this morning, but I want to refresh your memory that that's from last Sunday. And I want to remind you of several phrases that Jesus uh, used to us, not just Peter, but to all of us, uh, to kind of set the focus for where we're going in this series. Jesus said to Peter, I want you to hear it as Jesus saying it to each of us, to you. He asked Peter, Peter, do you love me? Now you and I have to answer that question. Do you love Jesus? How do you know? What's the evidence of your love for Jesus? What's the fruit? Do you love me? Then he said, Peter, feed my sheep. And then tend my sheep. And then follow me. And then lest you think he's speaking generically to everybody, everybody follow me, he says, you follow me. So those, are, those phrases are going to set the, the framework for this, this next series and the direction that we're moving. And it's not just a preaching series. This series is helping to point us in the direction God wants us as a church to go and individuals as to go. For about the last 10 to 12 years, God has impressed a deep desire in my heart that I honestly have struggled to know how to flesh out in our church. I know it's his word. I know it's his will. I know it involves his plan for all of his people. And he keeps bringing me back to it again and again, and he's been showing me the consequences in our church family uh, of me and us not fully obeying 
him. As I do or try to do every year, I recently took a three-day prayer retreat just to seek the Lord about several things, and, but mainly this one particular matter. And I've been wrestling with it still. I started going back when, when I, those three days, I started going back over the last three months in my daily Bible to see what God had been speaking to me. And once again, he branded this same desire and call in my life. He just won't let me go about it. And I don't want to be let go about it. It's not that I disagree with him. I wholeheartedly believe in what he's been telling me. But my hang-up has been the how. And this is where you and I can really relate to one another. Because you know what you're supposed to do. You struggle with the how. So do I. How do I obey you, Lord, in this? How do I lead this church to obey you in this matter on top of everything else we're already doing? And I ask you, how do you obey the Lord on top of all the stuff you're already involved in? You know what the answer is? You know what the answer is for you and for me? We don't. We can't add it to. We have to make some adjustments in our lives and in our church to make obeying the Lord in this matter a priority. Everything else is, as the Cajun would say, just lanyap. That's where I would get bogged down year after year. How do we do this? And so what happened? Year after year, I found it easier just to slip back into the same patterns of ministry. The same rut that we'd always been in. So I'm being open and transparent before you this morning because I recognize that I have responsibility in, in this matter. The disconcerting thing is, is that, that my reluctance to follow through on what God has been telling me has led to many sad consequences that our church is not as healthy as it could be because I haven't followed through. As well as the personal lives of some of our church members, maybe even you, and your own spiritual growth has suffered. Of course, I realize the blame doesn't fall squarely on me, but I am the pastor and I am the spiritual leader and therefore, I do bear greater accountability before the Lord. Now, I know this kind of piques your curiosity a little bit, and I'm going to let you know that this is just the beginning of this direction. I'm going to fill you in on all the details as we go along through the course of this series. But today, you will understand what I'm talking about because of, the, of this message. God wants me today... To start this series by sharing with you his call on my life. So that you, my people, my family, the church of Jesus Christ, can understand my heart and know why I am the way I am. Why I do what I do and why I will be leading you the way I will be leading you. His calling has become my passion, that which burns in my heart to accomplish. 
that which drives my preaching and teaching and the leadership of this church. And it centers around two passages of Scripture. The first one is John 21 that we looked at last week, the last two weeks. Feed. He asked me, Lee, do you love me? Do you love me? If you love me, you will obey me. If you really love me, you can't just say you love me and go about your merry way. If you really love me, you will obey me. I want you to feed my sheep. Feed. Nurture. Lead them to pasture. Give them opportunities to grow into healthy, mature sheep that are reproducing other sheep. I asked the early crowd, it was easier this morning because the, con the, the, the number of people were not as many, but, and you may not know everybody, but I just asked the younger ones just to look, the early service, just look around. How many new believers do you see in this congregation? How many people do you see in here who've just come to faith in Christ in the last week or the last month or the last year? I know one. You see, healthy sheep reproduce other sheep. And if we're not reproducing, we're not healthy. And I bear responsibility for that. He says, if you love me, feed my sheep. If you love me, tend my sheep. That word tend is different than feed. It's to guard, to protect, to watch over. Watch over them. Protect them from false teaching. Warn them about false living. And seek to lead them back to me. Feed and tend my sheep. That's you. Y'all are his sheep. The passage that I want to go through more specifically this morning is found in Colossians 1, verses 23 through chapter 2, verse 10. Chapter 1, verse 23 through chapter 1, verse 29 are the verses that God burned in my heart years ago about what His calling is on my life. This is what He said, I want you to be about among my people. And it was what Paul was about. And so I just want you to hear it and then hear my heart. Colossians 1, let's begin with verse 23. Paul says, if indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard which was preached to every creature under heaven of which I Paul became a minister we're just going to stop there and take this verse by verse that is my passion I want you God's sheep and me to continue in the faith I want you us to be grounded and steadfast and not moved away from it and that's why I became a minister. Paul says, of which I became a minister. I'm a, a minister towards that. Towards the gospel of Jesus Christ. For the maturity of his people. Paul said it like this in Acts chapter 20. My life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. That's the way I feel. My life's worthless if I can't do this. If I can't help other people come to Christ and to follow Him. 1 Corinthians 9, 16, 
Paul said, yet preaching the good news is not something I can boast about. I am compelled by God to do it. How terrible for me if I didn't preach the good news. You know, if I didn't preach, I, I think I'd die. Literally, I think I'd die. If I couldn't teach the Word of God, if I couldn't encourage other people to Christ, I think I would literally die. Jeremiah said, Lord, every time I preach, I get in trouble. I'm just going to shut up. He said, but then your word becomes like a fire shut up in my bones. I cannot keep it in. I relate to that. Verse 24. Paul says, I now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up my flesh in what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his body, which is the church. Now, there is cost involved to following Jesus Christ. Paul here is attesting to that. I, I had sufferings. I had afflictions. There will be pain. There will be hardship. But it's for a higher purpose. Notice, he said, for the sake of his body, which is the church. That's you. Now, I cannot compare anything that I've ever been through to what Paul been, had been through. But you know, whenever a person decides, I'm going to follow Jesus, I'm going to do what he's called me to do, and I'm going to obey him, there will be some cost. There will be some hardship. There will be some difficulty. Remember, Paul was at one time a persecutor of the church, and now he's a servant of the church. At, at one time, he, he persecuted the church. Now he's being persecuted for the church. He said, for the sake of Christ's body, the church, that's my passion, is for you. For you. That's why I preach hard. Because I love you. That's why I ask my wife, I'm hard on myself. Because I've got to be a life worth following. That if you follow me, it will draw you closer to Christ. I love you. And I love you so much that I'm not willing to let you get comfortable where you are in your walk with Christ. God knows He doesn't let me get comfortable in mine. He works me over all the time. And not in a bad way, but teaching me. And when I slip and when I mess up and when I sin, yes, He works me over. He convicts me. He brings me back. He loves me too much to leave me alone, and I love you too much to leave you alone. Verse 25, he says, of which I became a minister. I'm not only a minister of the gospel, I'm a minister of the church. You see, of is, modifies the church in verse 24, of, which is the church of which I became a minister. You see, a minister of the gospel is also a minister of the church. I don't believe the two can be separated. They go hand in hand. One who is a follower of Christ is a servant of the gospel and a servant of the church of Jesus Christ. And I believe you cannot follow Christ and hate the church. I believe you cannot follow Christ and not love the church, his body. I don't believe you can follow Christ and sit out of church and be comfortable. If you love Christ, you'll love what Christ loves. And Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. He says here in verse 25, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God. This calling, this, this passion was not conferred upon me by man. I did not look to become a pastor or a preacher. I wasn't looking for this. I've told you all before, I wanted to be a, a dog whisperer. I, was, I wanted to be a veterinarian. I, wanted, I loved horses. I wanted to work with horses. 
and cattle, big animals. And I, and I didn't want to be man-called. You know, I love the little old ladies of the church. Little old ladies would say when I was a teenager, you're going to be just like your daddy. You're going to be a preacher one day. And inside I'd go, oh, no, I'm not. I didn't say that, but I felt that. I did not want this. Summer after my freshman year of college, God said, remember what he said to Peter, do you love me? Yeah, Lord, then feed my sheep. He said, Lee, do you want to be happy and have a fulfilled life? How would you answer that question? I said, yes. And he said, then you will obey me. I'm calling you. You will obey me. And I said, okay. Surrender. That's why they call it surrendering to the ministry. I had to surrender my will. I had to adjust my plans in my life. It wasn't conferred upon me by man. It was a commission I received. It was a divine appointment from the highest authority. In Matthew 28, Jesus said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit and teach them to obey all things that I've commanded you. That is the commission of every believer. Did you know that? That's your commission. That's your calling. Whatever your career is, your calling, your commission is just that. That's what I want us to see here this morning is that this is, God has given me this as a career, but it is my calling as well. It's your calling even though your career may be something else. Your calling as a follower of Jesus Christ is to submit to his authority and to make disciples who are making disciples who are making disciples who are making disciples. And then you begin to see people get saved. That baptistry is not empty anymore. It's bone dry. It has been that way for quite some time. Well, well, one reason is we have a leak. But another reason is we're not reaching people. Paul says, it's been given to me as a stewardship. That word stewardship in the King James Version is translated dispensation, which is often used in Scripture for the plans by which God has ordered the course of history. And I think Paul did, and I, I certainly do, believe that my obedience to the ministry, to this commission, is part of God's divine plan of reaching the whole world. And that's what I want you to understand, is that your involvement in this great commission is, is your part of God's global plan of reaching the world for Christ. He says, this stewardship from God was given to me, there it is again, for you, to fulfill the word of God. You see, God has called, commanded, and expected me to fully instruct you in his word. Acts 20, 27, Paul says, I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. That's why I tell you over and over again, stop henpecking through the Bible. Henpecking's for baby Christians. Henpecking means you, you pick a verse out and you read one verse. Or you pick a few verses out and you read one verse. And then you read 14 paragraphs of what somebody else said about that one verse. That's not what mature believers do. You don't henpeck through the scripture. You look at the whole counsel of God. That's my heart. That's my passion to lead us to the whole counsel of God on any matter and on life itself. And the, the whole counsel of God centers around the person and the work of Jesus Christ. Look at verse 26 and 27 of Colossians 1. 
Paul defines it as a mystery. He said this mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations but now has been revealed to his saints. To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles which is Christ in you the hope of glory. Paul was so consumed with Jesus and his message. Jesus had radically changed his life and altered the course of his eternity and now he's fired up to get that message out to as many people as he possibly can before he dies. The gospel of Jesus and the word of God so burned in his heart that he was willing to endure suffering and hardship and pain and and difficulty and eventually imprisonment and finally death for this. He considered this something worth fighting for, something worth suffering for. He considered this something worth dying for. You remember last week when I asked you, what are you willing to die for? Well, this is something worth dying for. I want to see you and me be obedient, genuine believers in and followers of Jesus Christ. My heart's desire is to see you and me develop and grow into mature disciples who are reproducing other disciples. That you become not just a church attender or a church pretender, but that you become a disciple of Jesus Christ. Look what he said in verse 28. Him we preach. Who do we preach? Jesus. Warning every man, teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect or mature in Christ Jesus. You see, to this goal, that's why I preach Jesus. I don't preach religious rules and regulations. I don't preach the law. I don't preach human wisdom. I don't preach church tradition. I don't preach the principles of this world. I don't preach current events. I don't preach what the latest fad is. Because those won't help you. Because they're not according to Christ. And thus empty and meaningless. Look at verse 8 of chapter 2, Colossians. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit. How would they cheat you? By teaching the traditions of men. By teaching the basic principles of the world, which are not according to Christ. You see, Paul had a passion as I do now. It's the living, glorious person of Jesus Christ. And he alone, who is our life. And we are complete in him alone. Look at verse 10. And you are complete in him, who is the head of all principality and power. We don't need all the stuff we think we need. We need Christ. That's why verse 28, back to verse 28, that's why I warn you of the dangers of not following him. That's why my preaching is a lot of warning about you going your own way, leaving leaving him out of your daily lives. That's why I warn you to repent of your sin. That's why I warn you of the dangers of drifting from Jesus. That's why I warn you about the evils in this world is because I want to move us, God wants to move us, maturity verse back to verse 28 that's why I teach you teach every man in all wisdom 
That's why I teach you the Word of God according to God's wisdom. That's why I point you to God's thoughts and ways that are much higher than ours. That's why I want to confront you with your faulty thinking and ways. That's why my heart's desire is for you to know the Lord and allow Him to teach you His thoughts and His ways. Because I've been given this stewardship, I will answer to God one day for what He gave me to do. We're not going to read this, this passage, but you can go back and look it up in Matthew chapter 25, verses 13 to 30. But it's, you know it as the parable of the talents. I always relate to that one talent dude. That one guy who just had one talent. Everybody else got, one guy got five, one guy got two, and he got one. I, I'm the guy that got one. <laughs> Paul said, this one thing I do. David said, this one thing. I feel like that's all I got, one thing. This is it. What I'm telling you today, this is it. I got one thing. If I can't preach, I'm broke. If you don't support me, I guess I don't know what I'd do. I'm going to go preach with my cup out on the street, I guess. I'm joking. But uh, this one thing, this, this is what my life's all about. This one thing I do. I'm the one talent guy. But let me tell you what convicts me about that passage, what haunts me about that passage, because this is what I've done for too long. Not, not all the way, but in some ways. I've done what this one talent guy did. I've hidden it. Say, so, no, you hadn't. You preach every Sunday. Yeah. But there's been many years, I told you already, 10 or 12 years, God's been telling me to do something. And I keep giving them an excuse of why I can't do that. You know what one of, one of the big reasons is, is? Is church tradition. It's the way we've always, it's not the way we've always done things. And if I do this, we're just piling it on top and then nobody's going to do it because they're too busy. Nobody's going to want to be involved in that. Nobody cares. And I bury my talent under my fears and it says this man was afraid. He was afraid and he went and buried his talent. See, I've been afraid of what you would think. I've been afraid that you wouldn't participate. I've been afraid that, that if we change things around here, somebody might get mad at me. And I buried my talent. And then Jesus, the accountability master of all authority, confronts this man he says, where's my talent? And the man said, well, here it is, Lord. I was scared and afraid because you're, you know, and God said, you wicked and lazy servant. And that haunts me. You see, I don't want to appear before the Lord empty-handed. Verse 28 says that I may present every man mature in Christ Jesus. I want to present you to the Lord Jesus growing up in the faith I don't want to leave you stuck where you are I want to provide opportunities for you that are beyond this little meeting we have every Sunday because discipleship doesn't really happen like this this is the shotgun approach God said pick up your rifle and get personal one on one with people where they live I long for us to all be mature and complete full grown in the faith and holiness and character like Peter talked about. Peter learned this. Second Peter chapter 1, he said, add to your faith. Are you adding to your faith or is, or is your saving faith enough for you? Say, well, I'm saved now. I'm going to heaven. Now I can just coast through life until I die. Paul said, Peter said, no, add to your faith. Be diligent. Be diligent. Give all diligence to add to your faith virtue, Christian character, to, to virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. Are you adding to your faith? Are you growing?
in your walk with God. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 13, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature person, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. The, the, the measure is Jesus, not Lee Waller. I'm not asking you to measure up to me. I'm woefully inadequate to be compared to. I'm following Jesus, and I'm just asking you to follow me as I follow him and to follow him. Don't follow me if I'm not following Jesus. You follow Jesus. You follow him. He's the stature. He's the measure. Not me. Not your neighbor. Don't look across the aisle and go, well, at least I'm better off than he is. I'm further down the road than she is. Well, yeah, you can all pat yourself on the back if you're comparing yourself to someone. But when you compare yourself to Christ, you realize I still have far to grow. And I want to be involved in that. Verse 14 says that we should no longer be children. Some of us here today, and I use the word us because I'm trying to be nice. You know, I'm so nice. Y'all not laughing. Anyway, y'all don't think I'm that nice. But some of you here today, I don't know who you are. I'm using that term, using this very generically because I don't know your heart. I just know this is generally true in a, in a congregation or crowd this size. Some of you today are just fat. Now that's come to be a curse word in today's culture. You're just Amy Grant. How many of y'all remember Amy Grant? Back in the 90s, I believe it was, maybe the 80s. I think it was the 80s. It was the 80s. Yeah, I was in college. That was the 80s. Golly. It was the 80s. She wrote a song called Fat Little Baby. You're just a fat, and here's the, here's the course. You're just a fat, 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 little baby. Describing many so-called Christians. They're stuffed. They're stuffed. They're gorged on the Word of God. They're gorged with sermons. They're gorged with Bible studies. They're gorged with their quiet times and devotional magazines. They're gorged. And they're fat. You know why they're fat? They're not getting any exercise. They're gorging. And it's staying put. It's not going out. Some of you need to get on the treadmill of the gospel of Jesus Christ and work off some of that fat. You don't need another Bible study. You need obedience. I don't need another Bible study. I need obedience. I had, there was a deacon in my dad's church years ago. He always cracked me up. I, and, and it, I know he wasn't a deacon. Take it back. He wasn't a deacon. He would walk out the back door and and if he'd missed a couple of weeks, my dad would say, so-and-so, sure, uh, missed you the last couple of weeks. And he would say, well, Brother Waller, I'm still working on the last uh, sermon I heard. And when I get that together, I'll come back and hear another one. Now, he should have still been in church with the people of God, but the principle he got right. Some of you just want somebody to entertain you and preach to you on Sunday because that's what you normally do. And you're just getting fat. What are you doing when you walk out that door? You do anything about what you've heard? Or did you forget it? Remember James said, if you just listen to it and you forget it, you're like looking yourself in the mirror and forgetting what you look like. Anybody forget what they look like? It's silly, isn't it? That's the point. 
And then he says in verse 29 of Colossians 1, To this end I labor, striving according to his working which works in me mightily. In other words, Paul's saying this is my life's work to this end. That's why I'm working. I want you to know something in case I've never told you. You are my life's work. Every one of you. You are why I work. I labor for your spiritual maturity. That word labor means wearisome toil. You know I lay awake at some nights with you on my mind and my heart. You know, sometimes I, I weep over a broken heart for some choices and decisions I see you making and the things you're trading the treasure of Christ for. I'm striving. The word striving there means agonizing, like the intense exertion of an athlete. But it's not by my own strength, he says. Paul says, for it's according to his working, which works in me mightily. That word working there is the Greek word energia, which we get the word energy from. And the word mightily there is the word dunamis, from which we get the word dynamite. So Paul is saying, my labor, my striving is God's energy and dynamite working in me. I cannot do it, for I can do nothing apart from Christ. But I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You see, when we're about the business of Jesus, we link our lives with the source of all strength that enables us to rise above our natural abilities and limitations. And see, many of you would say, like I have said, I can't, Lord, because. And you start giving excuses as Moses did and as I have but Christ and God want you to understand that when you obey Him, you are linking your life to the supernatural, almighty, limitless power of God. That you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Paul says in chapter 2, verse 1, and we're almost done. I want you to know what a great conflict I have for you. That word conflict is the same word for striving in verse 29. It's the word agony. Paul says, I'm in agony for your spiritual growth. I want you to look at the rest of verses 2, chapter 2, verse 2 through 8. Chapter 2, verse 2. Why is he in agony? He uses that term so that you attain to all the riches of the full assurance of understanding. Paul wants them to get this full assurance of their faith. You see, they were under attack by false doctrine. Paul wanted them to grow in the foolishness. Look at verse 3. That in all things, that in Christ, they would see that in Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. That you don't need to pursue all these other pursuits. Christ is all in all. Lest, he says in verse 4, lest you be deceived. Verse 5. Paul's agonizing over them so that they would be steadfast in their faith in Christ. Verse 6, so that they will walk in Christ. He says, as you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. Verse 7, he's agonizing so that they'll be rooted and built up and established in the faith. 
and then verse 9, that they would experience the fullness, and verse 10, the fullness of Christ in their life. Why am I sharing this with you? Because I believe God wanted you to hear this, and I'm inviting you to go on this journey with me. I am no longer willing. Now, I have started this process. I started it back in January. I started taking that step of obedience. And I started with four people pouring into their lives and they sharpening my life and pouring into mine, walking with them in this process of spiritual maturity and growing people outside the pulpit. I've, in, I've asked those four and now one more to spend an hour a week with me, an hour a day with the Lord. And then when we're done, you pay it forward. You find somebody else to disciple and lead. And what's going to happen if you will join me on this journey is you'll look around and I'll say, y'all look around and see how many new believers we have. And you won't be able to count them. Or you'll see five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You'll see that baptistry filled repeatedly. You'll see people growing in their faith. You'll see an excitement and a joy like you've never known in your own personal life, let alone the church. So I'm no longer willing to allow the how to keep me and us in disobedience to God's will. From this day forward, I'm going to be heading that direction. I'm going to be leading us toward doing whatever's necessary to see these things accomplished in our lives and in our church. And I'm going to be sharing with you more and more each week of this direction that I know God is leading us. And it will require some adjustments in our church organization. How we do things. It may ruffle some of your feathers. God, I hope not, because I like to be liked. But I know some of you may not be happy about some of the changes and adjustments we have to make to get back on the main track. We're not just going to keep doing things because we've always done them that way. Because what's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over and expecting what? Something's got to change. It's going to start with me. I'm going to change. I'm going to ask you to change with me. Will you follow Jesus? And will you follow me? As I follow Jesus? Would you bow with me this morning? Some of you might think that this message was self-serving. It is not. It is to show you where I'm coming from. I've admitted my failures. I've admitted my fears and shortcomings. And I'm publicly declaring before you, I'm not going to let that keep hindering me. I'm making a public commitment before you that I am going to follow Jesus the way he's telling me to follow him. So I'm making that decision to the Lord before you. What is the Lord asking you to do this morning? I think he's asking you to join me. Will you? Will you ask the Lord to give you a readiness, a ready spirit, a willing spirit, to give you a sensitivity to his leading, his voice? To give you a spirit of cooperation that as we start making some of these adjustments to the way we've been doing things to, to get back on track of making disciples and growing them in the Lord that you'll 
even though it may be uncomfortable, that you'll listen and be a voice of unity. June's going to play and give you an opportunity to respond this morning, either in your pew or at this altar, or if there's anyone that needs to make a public commitment to the Lord, we'll give you opportunity to do that. As June plays, we respond.